one more time. Welcome to the True North Church podcast, where we gather to explore faith, find inspiration, and strengthen our spiritual connection. At True North, we exist to help people navigate through the oceans of life in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Each week, we'll dive into meaningful discussions, share uplifting stories, and delve into the teachings that guide our lives. Whether you're a longtime member or a first-time listener, we're grateful to have you join us on this journey. So, let's embark on this episode of Faith, Community, and Discovery together. Jesus, 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 nobody, nobody like you, Jesus, nobody like you, nobody like you, Jesus, nobody like you, nobody like you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, nobody like you, Jesus, Nobody like you, nobody like you, Jesus. Oh, oh, nobody like you, nobody like you, Jesus. Come on, there's nobody like him, amen. Nobody like you, Jesus. Nobody like you, Jesus. Nobody like you. Nobody like you, Jesus. Listen, if you don't get anything today, I want you to walk away with that kind of feeling. When you're driving down the road, when you're going wherever you're going tomorrow, to work, to the grocery store, drop the kids off, pick the kids up, put gas in the car, as you're pumping gas, I, I challenge you. As you're pumping gas, just, oh, nobody like you. You, you ain't got to be loud, just, oh, Jesus, nobody like you. And if somebody hears you and says, hey, hey, what, what are you singing? I'm singing about how there's nobody like my God. And when they say, what, what do you mean there's nobody like him? That's your opportunity to tell them about all the storms that Jesus walked with you through. You get to tell them about all the valleys that you found yourself in and how there is still a lily springing up tall and sturdy in the valley. You get to tell them about the bright and morning star. You get to tell them about the rose of Sharon. You get to tell them about the Alpha and Omega. You get to tell them about every disease that the doctor may have diagnosed you with. You get to tell them about all the different times you didn't have this and you didn't have that. But still in the midst, in the middle of the hour, in the middle of the night, God still made a way for you time and time and time again. You get to tell them about all that while you're pumping gas. You get to tell them all of that while you're shopping in Walmart, while you're doing whatever it is, while you're on the phone with somebody. You get to tell them, nobody, Jesus, nobody like you. Nobody like you, Jesus. Nobody like you. Nobody like you, Jesus. 
Nobody like you. Nobody like you, Jesus. Nobody like you. Nobody like you, Jesus. Nobody like you, Jesus. Nobody like you. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. Lord, I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Lord, I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Lord, I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Nobody like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at somebody near you say, I'm so glad you're here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Can we give God a hand clap of praise this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We've been, in a, we've been in our sermon series called Advent. Somebody say Advent. Amen. And I love it because you know, Advent and, you know, we got, uh, we got one more Sunday. Now, next, next Sunday we won't be here. We'll be online. I encourage you to still set your times. We start service here at 10, so what we're going to do is, is, is post the, uh, uh, the Christmas message online. A video online for you to watch. You can comment while it's while it's being live streamed. You can comment, share. I encourage you share with a friend. You know, the friend that you couldn't get to come to church. But like, hey, I know you said you was gonna come, but you did. But we ain't worried about that right now. What you could do is you can watch this. Amen. So that'll be next Sunday. But in our series of Advent, we've been talking about how Advent it means arrival or coming. It's a Latin word that means arrival or coming. It means for us to prepare or for you to prepare for someone of great importance. Amen? Amen. You know, I gave him this analogy last year and every Sunday up until, you know, or at least every Sunday in this series. But I'll remind you again, whether you voted for him or not. You know, let me, let me, come, with, let me come up with somebody else. Let me, let, me, let me keep it light and keep it, keep it joyful. You know, joyful, joy. Uh, if Steve Harvey called you, you know, and say, hey, I'm coming over your house. Somebody told me, word got all the way down to Atlanta, wherever he is, or California. Somebody told me that you made the best, and, you know, insert whatever it is that you do the best. Banana pudding. Banana pudding rotel, with, you know, whatever, rotel dip, or, you know, uh, or maple bacon, good Lord. Steve Harvey called and said, I heard through the grapevine that you make the best, the best maple bacon. I'm coming over your house you know, at four o'clock to get some of that maple bacon. What you gonna do, a lot of y'all, if he, if you got that call, you gonna, Lindsay, I love you, you know, drop the, you know, drop the offering off or whatever, you gonna do the one thing, you gonna be like, all right, I'll see you later. And you gonna run home, you gonna run by the grocery store first, get what you need to get, run home, you gonna scrub them floors. If you got kids, you gonna be putting them to work. 
You're going to be taping some socks on their feet and socks on their hands. All right, get the dust and let's go. You're going to be dusting Scylla fans that you didn't even know still worked. You're going to, I mean, you're going, to be move, you're going to be placing books on the shelf that you ain't read since, you know, you know, you was in grade school. But you're going to be cleaning the house while you're preparing your house. Why? Because in your heart and mind, somebody that is very important is coming to your house. And that's what Advent is. We're preparing. We're taking this time of the year where the world says, hey, you got to consume this. You got to buy this. You got to buy, 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 buy. We're, we're taking a step back, those that, those that follow Jesus. We're taking a step back and saying, instead of consuming, let's investigate our heart and make sure that it's right. Because the Bible says that no man knoweth the hour that when Jesus comes back. And with Advent, we take this time to prepare our hearts and minds as if he were to come tomorrow. Is there still hope that lives inside my heart? If he were to come tomorrow, is there still joy? And we're going to explain what joy is today. Is there still peace? We talked about it last Sunday. Peace, shalom. Am I, not, only, not only is there shalom residing in me, but am I going and making shalom for people? Am I going and, and you know, those people that we avoid, well, you don't know what they did to me. Are we going and making shalom? Because Jesus made shalom for us, Amen. The Bible says, I mean, he was good in heaven. He was good in heaven. But the Bible says that literally the, the word became flesh and entered the womb of a virgin Mary. We read it last week. But entered the womb of a virgin Mary and literally lived the same life that you and I couldn't. Amen. Amen. <coughs> lived the same life that you and I couldn't. Was, got sick just like us. Dealt with cold. Had Mary had to change his diaper. Jesus had to eat. Jesus probably went hungry. Jesus knew what it was like to be hungry. Stubbed his toe. You can't tell me he wasn't a carpenter and didn't accidentally hit his thumb with the hammer. Jesus was human while at the same time he was fully God. Amen? Amen. So with Advent, it's a time of us waiting and expecting and celebrating by thanking God for Jesus' coming, first to the earth as a baby, and then his indwelling presence today through the Holy Spirit. But also, it's the story of creation, from creation all the way to now, through Jesus, through the apostles, and through us, the church. Somebody say me. Me. Advent taught Advent, the story of Advent, it includes you. And, you know, for those who don't know, we said this before, but Advent, it's four Sundays following after Thanksgiving. And, you know, so this year it started December 3rd, and we've been celebrating it. And each Sunday is a new theme or a new virtue. And if you have an Advent wreath, I think I still have a picture of it back there. But if you have an Advent wreath, there's four candles in it, and each Sunday you light a new candle. And as it builds up until December 25th. And this week's candle is joy. Somebody say joy. Now, Advent, it runs from right after Thanksgiving all the way to December 24th, and then on December 25th, that's when the 12 days of Christmas start. Unlike Lindsay's preferences, this is, the, this is your license, ladies or men, this is your reason or license, okay, I get to keep my Christmas decorations up. Because in Advent, we celebrate not only Jesus' coming, but also we go all the way to January 6th. Why? Because that's when the wise men came. And, and worship Jesus. It's also called the, the Feast of Epiphany or Theophany. Amen. Amen. So the third candle, it's pink and it symbolizes joy. It's called the Shepherd's Candle. The reason why? Because the rose color, it's a liturgical color for joy. It reflects the joy that comes through Jesus' arrival, the joy that comes through the salvation he's gifted us, and it also highlights the joy the shepherds experience when they receive the good news about Jesus' birth. 
Now, depending on your translation of the Bible that you read, joy appears more than 100 times in the Bible. Did you know that? Joy appears more than 100 times in the Bible. Therefore, I believe joy is of importance. Amen? Amen. Joy is of importance. Now, this morning, we're going to break down joy. But what joy is, joy is unending satisfaction only found in God. Amen? Joy is unending satisfaction only found in God. Paul describes it this way in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. He says this, he says, Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy, oh sorry, now you're good. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope and experience of experience in God's glory. But that's not all. Somebody say, there's more. <laughs> Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop us in patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. Ooh, nobody likes to talk about that. You don't, you don't hear any songs about that. Jesus, I can't wait for you to refine my character. Nobody sings that. We sing the joy, the joy, joy of the Lord is my strength. There wasn't no verse in there that said your patience, it will refine my character, my personality. We don't sing that. All right, but hey, it's in there. So now, guess what? You might need to start singing while you're pumping gas. I know I told you earlier to sing about how there's nobody like you, God. Now, now, the rubber meets the road. Lord, I thank you. You're refining my character. Amen? Amen. Next verse, please. (laughs) I couldn't help it. I had to. And this hope is not a disappointed fantasy. Ooh, I like that. And this hope, hope in who? Hope in Jesus. It's not a disappointing fantasy. Because we can now experience, watch this, the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives where? In us. Verse, there we go. For when the time was right, when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love and, uh, for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. Now, who of us would dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person. Paul says in verse 8, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in whose place? Our place. Your place. My place. He died in your place. My place. He died in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. And there is still much more to say of his unfailing love for us. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration. You are now righteous in my sight. This is what God says about you. Are you ready? You are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. Let that marinate. Verse 11, please. Huh. Okay, so if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son. There, then something greater than friendship is ours. What could be greater than friendship with the Lord? 
He's about to tell us. Now that we're still at peace with God, we talked about it last week, you, are not, you and I are at shalom with God. And because we share in his resurrection life, how much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion? And even more than that, we overflow with triumphant joy in our new relationship of living reconciled to God, all because of Jesus Christ. Amen? Joy is unending satisfaction. Joy is unending satisfaction. That's why, some, that's why the Bible talks about in the Old Testament, everlasting joy. It's only found in God. Joy is unending satisfaction only found in God. It's a fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians 5.22. It's a posture of your heart. Watch this, this last one. Joy is a decision. Joy is the decision. Just like the prodigal son story, the older brother could have been joyous about his son or his brother returning, but instead he was envious. Joy is a posture of your heart. See, to better understand what joy is, you got to understand what joy is not. And joy is not happiness. Joy and happiness are two different things. Happiness, happiness is an emotion. Happiness is an emotion, watch this, that's rooted in pleasing yourself. Happiness is an emotion that's rooted in self's pleasures. You get happy when you eat a slice of red velvet cake. Oh, baby, if you don't, I do. Trust me, I do. You get happy when you eat some good barbecue. You get happy when you hear Whitney Houston sing the national anthem. You're like, man, I can't sing about, that's a bad... You get happy when your favorite team wins the game. Or watch this. You get happy when it's payday. Oh, there we go. There we go. Sookie, sookie. Payday come around. Friday come around. You thank you, Jesus. You waking up. You trying to beat the Lord before the new mercy starts over. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's a, Lord, thank you for your new grace and mercy again. I mean, you shalabaling all the way to the bathroom. But the Friday that it ain't payday, oh, Jesus. Lord, bless me. Help me just to get, Lord, I'm trying to make a hundred. Because 99 and a half won't do, Jesus. Help me, Lord. I need you. I need you to get me over the hump, Lord. Happiness is an emotion. It's rooted in when our self, when our flesh is pleased. Happiness comes from the outside while joy comes from within. But also happiness is conditional. You know, when you're going to the restaurant, you're happy because you can't wait to eat the meal. But if service is long, you ain't happy. Happiness is conditional. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to myself. Well, we was, I took Keenan to the doctor the other day, and, you know, anytime, we, anytime I go to the doctor with Kelsey, you know, I don't know about y'all, that, this is the reason the boys have both of their parents. They, you know, they got a yin and a yang. You know, the, if the doctor's taking too long, I, ha- I start, hey, what we doing? Start fidgeting. And, you know, and in every doctor room, there ain't good cell service, so it ain't like you just pull out your phone and read the Bible, you know, or, li- or you know, study or listen to the, you know, the podcast or anything like that, plug. You know, so then you're like, you're standing up and walking around, and I, I'm always tempted, I want to open the door, just put my head down, Kelsey's like, no, don't do it. They know what they're doing. You know, but I took Keenan to the doctor the other day, Kelsey wasn't with me. So I'm itching, like, ah. And, you know, I felt the, I felt the urge, but just by habit, you know, I sat down, no, you know, then I, I can hear Kelsey's voice, they know what they're doing. And now I'm like, hey, Kelsey ain't in the room. All sooky sooky, Kelsey ain't here to stop me. So I open that door, whoo, step out and look. All the nurses, the two little nurses at the station start scrambling real quick. Uh-huh, 
uh-huh. So I closed that door, made a little noise, and sat back down. I told Kelsey what I did. I said, yeah, you ain't here now. You ain't here to stop me. And she's like, did it even help? And I want to say, it made me feel better. But I, I, I was too proud to say that, but it made me feel better. And it, it didn't change anything. They might have come in uh, maybe 45 seconds quicker than what they would have come in. <laughs> but happiness is conditional. And this time of the year is the perfect opportunity for you and I, for us to investigate if we really have joy or not. If we really have joy or if we just have an emotion. It's, a, it's the perfect time of year to see if we really have joy or if we just have fig leaves. See, fig leaves, fig leaves are whatever we create to hide the parts we don't like about ourselves, literally and figuratively. If you got joy in your heart or if you just have fig leaves. See, fig leaves, if you look at Adam and Eve, it's the things that we create. And, oh, buddy, we're good at doing this. We're good at creating the things to hide the things that we don't like about ourselves, whether it's physically, figuratively, or literally. Amen? Amen. Society has a way of affirming fig leaves, especially this time of year. Don't be lonely this time of year. Swipe on this app and find love. You don't have, you, you know, uh, you, you'll only be satisfied. You're only a good parent if you buy, if you spend this much or if you buy this, 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 this. All, though we live in a world where it teaches us whatever you desire, go out and get it. But if you're following Jesus, he is our desire. In him is our desires. If you're lonely, in him is the friend that sits closer than a brother. If you are sick in him, by his stripes, you have been made healed. If you are suffering from a loss in him, we can find him that he will literally take us and wrap us under the shadow of his wings. In him is all, all your desires are met within him. See, the message of Jesus is always the opposite of what you find out on the news or what you see on the news or what you hear in the songs of the world or what you see in the movies. Especially this time of year where this time of year where everybody says you got to consume and consume and consume. And Jesus is like, I want you to abide. You don't hear no Christmas songs about abiding in Jesus. You hear all I want to focus on is you. Ain't even talking about Jesus. Talk about some other baby. <laughs> You're welcome. You get that on the way home. <laughs> I called Kelsey last Sunday. I told her after listening, to, or last Monday after listening to the podcast, I was like, Kels, I said, your pastor's kind of funny. He's got a lot of good church jokes. She's like, yeah, you are right. And I said, like, all right, cool. We're just going gonna to keep on going. But fool's gold and fig leaves, they look like, watch this, fool's gold and fig leaves look like this. You are because you do. You are this because you do this. That's the message of fig leaves. That's what fig leaves looks like. You are because you do. <clears throat> but joy doesn't, you know, understand this. Here's what we have to accept. You are because he did. You are not what you are because of what you do. You are because of what Jesus did. That's why we read Romans 5, 1 through 11. Paul says that literally we are the righteousness of God, not by what we did, but because of what Jesus did. You are standing here or you are sitting here this morning, not because you decided to get up this morning and drive. No, because Jesus is the one that is keeping your heart beating. 
He is the one that is keeping air in them lungs. He is the one that is keeping blood flowing from the heart to the brain, from the brain to the every joint and muscle and ligament in your body. It is, you are not uh, who you are because of what you have decided to do. You are who you are because of what he has done. Lindsay, what has he done? He has literally went to a cross for you. Literally, the song says that they, hung, that they stretched him wide on that cross. Stretched him wide on that cross. He hung his head and died. Why? Because that's what love looks like. And if that wasn't enough, guess what? The song says the, that's not how the story ends. I found myself singing this on a loop last Sunday. We didn't even sing it in church. I just couldn't help but sing it. But that's not how the story ends. Three days later, what? He rose again. Why? Because that's love. Amen. Amen. Joy or, or fig leaves. Fig leaves looks like you are because you do. But the message of Jesus says that we are because of what he did. See, joy doesn't come by the work of your hands. It comes by the work of Jesus. Joy, unending satisfaction. You cannot accomplish that. You can't bring it. You're not going to find it in a better half. You're not going to find it in an app. You're not going to find it in a food. You're not going to find it in a caffeine drink. You're not going to find it in your kids. Unending satisfaction only comes from one source, and his name is Jesus. Not saying all those things are bad. Why? Because I love my children. They bring me joy. They bring me fulfillment. But at the end of the day, if I'm, if I'm seeking my full identity, my God-given identity, it's only found in Jesus. Why? Because my kids, they love me, but they don't, they, they don't like me when it's time to go to bed. And if I, if I was seeking identification in them, that would break me. Well, Daddy, we don't like you. We don't want to go to bed. You don't like me? Am I not a good parent? No, I'm a good parent. I'm putting you your butt to bed. Why? So your body can grow, so your body can rest, so your body can rejuvenate. So you can, we got a big day planned tomorrow. You can't experience it if you've fallen asleep in the car. You got to go to bed. <laughs> you know, as much as we laugh, but a lot of times we are guilty of seeking our identification in something by the work of our hands. Well, I, uh, it's not happening fast enough, so let me do it. We all say that before. I know I said that. It's not happening the way I want it. Let me do it. One of the things my mom always says to me that gets on my nerves, well, did you pray first? I know I needed to pray. I should have prayed. And on the inside, that's what, that's what, that's what Lindsay's doing inside. Ah, why didn't you pray first? You should have. You know, Lindsay. So then I got to, Lord, I'm sorry. And then I'll just be honest. This way my prayer goes, Lord, you see what's going on. Well, you step in and, 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 and undo, redo, fits whatever needs to be. Lord, I don't know how to describe it. But, Lord, you know what the solution is. Will you come in and solve it? Can you, can you be humble enough to pray like that? Can you, be, can you be bold enough? Can you be brave enough? Can you be courageous enough to be like, Lord, I know I should have sought you first, but instead I was looking at the work of my hands and I was trying to make it happen. And guess what, Lord? It failed every time. It failed every time. See, the sooner we accept that, the sooner we can stop our endless pursuits for fake satisfaction. The sooner we can accept that joy only comes from the work of Jesus and not the work of our hands, the sooner we can, we can stop just seeking anything and everything. That's why the prodigal son literally left because he didn't realize that he was already in a state of joy. He's like, no, 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 I, I see everything that everybody else is doing. I, I, I want that. And he left. And wasted everything. 
And by the work of his hands, he thought that he can get his father to forgive him. But we read earlier that it's not the work of our hands. It's the work of Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's the work of Jesus. See, joy, because the fact that joy is not, is not by your hands, it's by the work of Jesus. Therefore, joy is not affected by your situations or circumstances. That means you can have joy even in the midst of suffering. You can have joy even in the midst of grieving. You can have joy even in the midst of drama. You can have joy even in the midst of being broke. Or you can have joy even in the midst of the doctor's office. Watch this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Paul says this, just to valid, validate that point. Excuse me. He says, Beloved ones, we must tell you about the grace God poured out upon the churches of Macedonia. For even during a season of, of severe difficulty, so this church is going through severe difficulty and tremendous suffering. All right, so therefore, it, it don't look like Disney World for this church in Macedonia. He just said they are going through severe difficulty and tremendous suffering. Has anybody ever been through severe difficulty and tremendous suffering? Paul says this. He says, they became even more filled with joy from the debts of their extreme poverty. So therefore, they didn't have a lot of money. They were extremely broke. They, 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 I won't even do it. I was going to say a joke. But superabundant joy overflowed into an act of extravagant generosity. So you mean to tell me in the midst of their severe difficulty, tremendous suffering, extreme poverty, watch that, superabundant joy overflowed into an act of extravagant generosity. He didn't just say joy overflowed. He said superabundant. Why? It leads us to believe that, the Holy, that joy comes from the Holy Spirit. That joy was a supernatural joy. Well, Lindsay, I'm a natural being. That's right. That's why you need the leading of the Holy Spirit. He is the super upon our natural. I remember being in Bible college. That's Bible college basis 101. You are natural. He is super, super added to your natural. So even in the midst of suffering, situations and circumstances, we can still have unending satisfaction. Amen. Paul says this in Romans chapter 12, verse 12. He says, I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. I love that. Watch this. Uh, let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give it up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at what? All times. All times. All times. Yes. So watch this. Let's, let's recap real quick. What is joy? Joy is unending satisfaction, only found in Jesus. Joy is unending satisfaction, only found in Jesus. That's why, that's, why the, that's why that artist wrote, can't get no satisfaction, because he didn't know Jesus. Hopefully he knew Jesus before his time met, but if you don't know Jesus, you can't get no satisfaction. Amen. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. You can smile all you want to, but when you leave here, you better understand, if I want to be satisfied, I got to go to the source. Amen. The source ain't my phone. The source ain't my best friend. The source ain't the sisters before misters. The source ain't the brothers before the others. The source is Jesus. The source is the one that shed his blood on a cross for you and I. 
the source is the one that was in heaven. And when Adam and Eve sinned and they fell, the source is the one that his heart broke too. Why? Because they were out of fellowship with the God, the Father, Son, and the Spirit. The source is the one that literally made a plan to, re, to ransom his people back to him. The source is the one that made a plan to reconcile the world back to him through Jesus Christ. The source is the one that three days later after being uh, being nailed to a cross and literally hung his head to die three days later when he rose again he literally rose in all power and all glory and rose us with him and now sits in heaven on the right side of the father interceding 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 that means that he is literally making a way for us he is interceding he is pleading on our behalf for us interceding for us joy is unending satisfaction only found in jesus why do you need joy i'm gonna give you a long about answer but i need you to i need you i need your ears this morning but here's why we need joy because in every soul is an insatiable hunger for joy god has hardwired your soul he's hardwired your soul to yearn and to long and a unrelenting passion for pleasure that impulse that you feel every moment of every day to seek out whatever will bring you the greatest joy and excitement, that came from God. And it's a part of what it means to be created in his image. Why do we need joy? Because in you, he has placed an insatiable desire for joy and excitement. And it can only be filled by him. And then in part, that's what it means to bear his image. That's what it means to be created in the image of God. Think about it this way. My kids, they have my DNA and they have their mother's DNA. As much as they, have, as much as they love their friends at school, as much as they love their friends at, you know, at, at Montessori, as much as they love y'all, if I were to say, hey, Kellen, let's go. If I were to say, hey, Keenan, let's go. If I were to say, hey, Cohen, let's go. No offense to y'all, but they could be sitting in your lap. You could have some cookies. Y'all could be playing. But when their father says, hey, let's go, they rise up and they go with their father. Why? Because there's something in them that wants to be with the one that they came from. In you, there is something that desires to be reunited or back to be in shalom and peace with your heavenly father. In you is a desire to be with Jesus at all times. In you is a desire to seek his peace. In you is a desire to have his joy. In you is a desire to be with him 24-7, 24-7, 365. In you is a desire to be with the one that you were created from. Amen. And you can only find that in Jesus. That's why you need joy. That's why you need unending satisfaction. Because if you're not seeking it from him, then you're not going to find it. You will search through people and you'll get your heart broken. I can tell you stories. I'm sure each and every one of us can tell stories after stories about having your heart broken. Seeking friendship and seek and seeking, watch this, seeking something that uh, that you should have sought in God, but you're seeking it through somebody else. Seeking what you should have sought through God, but you're seeking it in an app or in a video or in a food, in a meal, in a purchase. Thank you, Lord. And at the end of the day, we're, we're left broken. We're left dissatisfied. I remember my, uh, when I was in Bible college, the director of the Bible college, when I was a kid, he was, he, uh, he, he was a little bit heavier. And time I got to the Bible college, he had lost it. He lost a tremendous amount of weight. I remember somebody asked him, how did you do it? Did you do the Weight Watchers thing? Did you do, and they listed all these different things. 
And he said, no, you know, I did exercise. He said, but also, I only ate what I desired. And I remember thinking in my head, like, what? How is that possible? He said, because, you know, ultimately, he would, if, if for lunch, if he wanted to go have Chinese, instead of looking at his wallet and be like, well, you know, I, I need to save some money, so I'm just going to go to McDonald's. And, you know, normally we all be like, well, no, no, nothing wrong with saving money. The problem is because his mind and body wanted, he, his mind and body can see this buffet spread. Instead, he would go to McDonald's and try to get that buffet spread to equal out what he originally wanted and end up eating more and gaining more weight by doing that. He said, ultimately, his mind knew what he satisfied. So, therefore, he would only go to that one thing. Therefore, he could eat less and still be full. Why? Because he's doing what his body truly satisfied. In you, there is recognition with something that only the Lord can give you. And when you, seek through some, when you seek through other people, when you seek through apps, when you seek through all these different things that are not Jesus, you will not only be left dissatisfied, but watch this, you will gain something that you should have never got. You will attain something. You will, you will, you will, you will attach something to the, to the side cart. And you'll be like, hey, I, what, what, what's this baggage? I, I, what, what's this drama? What's, what's this extra drama in my life? What's this extra baggage in my life? What's this extra head? Why do I have this headache? Why, why do I have these fears? Why do I have this obsession? What, where did all this come from? Because we've, we've sought satisfaction in anything and everything that's the opposite of who Jesus is. Amen? Amen. So watch this. We talked about what is joy, unending satisfaction. How, why do we need it? Because ultimately you were created to desire excitement and joy but here's how here's how you get it and here's how you keep it and I'll close with this here's how you get it and here's how you keep it you get it when you surrender your will to him letting him become lord of your life you get joy when you surrender your will to him not just that one decision that you made to accept Jesus into your heart no every day when you get up in the morning lord I know, Lord, today's Monday. You know what my work looks like on a Monday. But right now, I surrender. I surrender my will to you. I surrender my schedule to you, Jesus. Lord, I surrender my, ooh, this is going. I surrender my expectations to you, Lord. I know what it was like last Monday, and I, it possibly could be like that. But you know what, Lord? I surrender. I give you the freedom to do what you want to do. How do you get joy? You surrender your will to him. You surrender those desires to him. You run it through him. You know, when you, if you're ever cooking and when you get chicken, when you get a pack of chicken, what you have to do, you have to open it, you pull the skin off, and then you wash it. You run it. You, you filter it through the water. Church, some of y'all need to start filtering your life through the water of the word, the water of the presence of God. When you get up in the morning, hey, Lord, wash me this morning. Lord, wash my mind, Jesus. Lord, wash my tongue this morning. Every, every, every word that comes out of my mouth, Lord, let it be pure. Let it be holy. Let it be edifying. My better half had to tell me earlier, man, why are you, why are you so pessimistic? And, I'm, and as we're driving, it really hit me. And I'm like, you know what? I got to change that. I got to change that when something happens, my first inclination is, oh, here we go, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Oh, here we go. It ain't going to last forever. Good time's only good time for about five minutes, and then that's when the bill comes. Oh, this is a good meal, but wait till we see the bill. Lord, wash my mind. Wash my heart. 
Wash my mouth. Wash the, the words that come out of my mouth. Lord, let the words like we read in Romans 5, 1 through 11, let the words that come out of my mouth, let them be cascading with your glory. Let them be cascading with your glory. I told this before. Can I give you a mental picture of what cascading looks like? Some of y'all going to get so mad at me, but I love it. Every time I read that scripture and I hear the word cascading in the Lindsay Mellon translation, when Paul says that, the love of God, let it cascade over you. I remember the first time when I was in Cleveland, Tennessee. I don't know why I keep going back to Cleveland, Tennessee. And, and, and I had this friend, his name was, I had this friend named Peyton. And, uh, and he's like, hey, let, let's go get some donuts. And I'm like, okay, y'all got a bit star? Because, you know, in my mind, bit star, that was king, you know. That, that was king. That Big Star had the good donuts, the big, nice, fat donuts on the yellow tray. Oh, Lord, and that. Mm. Right at 6 o'clock in the morning, you get them bright and early. Oh, yes, the glory was in them. I'm like, y'all got a Big Star. He's like, no, we got a Big Star, but we got Krispy Kreme. I was like, oh, y'all got Krispy Kreme. Oh, y'all y'all doing it big, you know. He's like, but it's in Chattanooga. So we drove over to Chattanooga. And uh, he said, oh, the hot light ain't on. The hot light ain't on. I was like, what do you mean the hot light ain't on? So he's telling me about the hot light. I was like, okay. He's like, let's just wait a little bit. So we waited for that hot light to come on. We drove around a little bit. About 20 minutes later, we come through. The hot light had just come on. So we went in there. And then we walk in there. And the way it was, like, you can see uh, they had the, the storefront, but then also they had the glass windows to where you can see all around. So you can see in there, it looked like a little factory conveyor belt. And the line was wrapped. So literally the Lord positioned it just right because he said, Lindsay, you're going to preach this in about 10, 12 years. So make sure you pay attention. I didn't know. He didn't tell that. That's probably what he was thinking. But, but as we're standing, I'm looking out. I'm looking in the window, and I can see the donuts just coming off the conveyor belt or whatever. They're just you know coming through all fast. They're not fast, actually kind of slow. But literally, when they go through this one little rectangular thing, and you see the glaze just just fall nice and gently over that. I was like, whoa! I was like, look at that! Wow! And I just stared at the window, and my mouth was just watering as that glaze just falls ever so gently. I was like, whoa. And I remember the first time I read Romans chapter 5 and I got to the part where it says, let his love cascade over you. I was like, whoo, Lord, let your love just fall upon me. And it's a slow process. It's not an instant microwave. God doesn't do a microwave thing. Yes, there are some healings, some miraculous healings, but the word that God, the transformation that God is doing in you, it's not a microwave transformation. It's a low and slow. It's a slow cooker transformation. It's, there, there's, there's impurities that he's taken out of you. There's desires that he's taken out of you that, 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 that cause you to stumble over your own two feet. There's things that he's removing. There's things that he's having to unbraid. I remember as a kid when I watched my mom or my grandmother or different cousins get their hair braided. And, you know, I, I would hate it because I would have to sit there and it, I feel like it takes so long. I'm like, oh, my God. And I'd watch them. I remember as I got older, I would watch them and see, why is it taking long? Because I want to figure out, can we speed this up? It's Saturday. We're missing cartoons. Like, why would come on? I remember watching it as I'm watching the lady braid my mom's hair. She would, she would take one strand, take another strand, and she would intertwine them. And she would have to intertwine them all the way to the root. And see, the transformation that God wants to do, he has to take your flesh. And he's got his, his divine nature right here. And before he can intertwine them, he's looking and inspecting what doesn't belong right here. So we're just going to flip this out. 
We're going to pluck this out. We're going to pluck this out. And once he's got those impurities, that's when he wraps his divine nature, wraps his peace to where when people go off on you, you're not in the flesh, but you're, you got him wrapped upon you. To, when people go off on you, what comes out of you is him, not your flesh. When people cut you off in traffic, what comes out of you is not your flesh, but him. When there's only zero dollars in the bank, what comes out of you is not your flesh, but glory to God, I thank you. I'm still the head and not the tail. Lord, I thank you that you are still providing for me. When the doctor gives you that bad, bad diagnosis, what comes out of you is not yourself, but it's him. When loved ones leave us, what comes out of us is not us, but it's, it's him. When things get tough, when life gets tough, what comes out of us is not us, but it's him. You get the joy of the Lord when you surrender your will to him. You surrender your will to him daily. Watch this. You keep it. Here's how you keep it. You keep it by realizing that since Jesus gave you joy, then no one on the earth, no one on the earth, under the earth can take that joy. We used to sing it as a kid. The Lord gave this joy that I had. The world didn't give it. And the world can't take it away. I just realized that was in the song earlier. The joy, the unending satisfaction. The world didn't give it to you. So guess what? When friends walk out of your life, that, you still get to have that joy. That joy doesn't leave when people leave your life. That joy doesn't leave when loved ones go on to glory. That joy doesn't leave when we're on three cents in the bank account. That joy doesn't leave when your car needs repairing. That joy doesn't leave when the car needs fixing. That joy doesn't leave when the kids go crazy. That joy doesn't leave when you're stressing up, staying up at night, wondering how am I gonna pay for this? How am I gonna plan for this? He doesn't listen to me or she doesn't listen to me. That joy does not leave when all hell breaks out in your life. That joy does not leave when you are staying Standing in the midst of a valley. That joy does not leave when storms are brewing. That joy does not leave when it feels like all hell and chaos is breaking forth. No, if you have searched your heart, if you have placed your confidence in Jesus, then you have unending satisfaction. You have unending joy. You can run to the Father and find protection, find shelter, find healing, find love, find comfort, find peace of mind, find clarity, find resources, find wealth, find financial freedom, find physical freedom, find deliverance, whatever you need in Jesus, you can find it in him. Amen. Unending joy. It's not in my best friend and I love my best friend. Oh, I love her. I love her dearly. Before y'all gossip, it's my wife. Okay. But unending joy, as much as I love my kids, as much as I'm thankful for my job, as much as I'm thankful for all the good things I have, unending joy is not in those things. Unending joy is not in the best thing that you have. It's not. Fred Hammond wrote a song years ago, said, you're the best thing. As long as there exists a day and night, you will always be the best thing in my life. Church, Jesus is the best thing in your life. He is the best thing, hands down. There's nobody that can take his place. There's nobody that can try to take his place. But guess what? You got to come to that understanding. You got to come to that understanding. I can, I can preach until I'm blue in the lips. But guess what? At the end of the day, 
when the rubber meets the road is when you walk out those double doors and you say, okay, Lord, Lindsay said it, but I got to believe it. Lindsay said it, but I got to believe it. When you wake up in the morning and you feel all the weight of your body, you got to pop to, you got to do all these different things. You're wiping all the crusties. You're trying to motivate yourself to do what you got to do. In those moments, you got to remind yourself, Lord, I thank you. I may feel a certain way, but Jesus, you are my joy. Lord, I may feel a certain way, but Jesus, you are my joy. Lord, I may not have what I want, but Lord, you still are my joy. Lord, I may be in a valley, but still you are my lily that stands tall and strong. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. How come David was able to not fear evil walking in the valley of the shadow of death? Because he, he had everlasting joy. Everlasting joy. The joy that Jesus gives is meant, it's meant to be everlasting. John 16, 22, you don't have to turn there, but you can put that down. The joy that he gives, it's everlasting. It's eternal. The joy that he gives. Jesus is everlasting joy, and his joy is what will keep you from quitting and giving up when, when life feels unbearable and oppressive. Jesus is everlasting joy. Jesus is everlasting joy. And his joy, it will keep you in perfect peace. It is the very thing that will help you keep going when life gets unbearable and oppressive. It's him. It's him. <laughs> oh, my job. I'll tell this. Oh, my job. Once a month, there's, there's different routes that I do that are just unbearable. And I, I've told my family that we have this. There, there's this list actually in the office of the longest routes, the heaviest routes. And one of the newest guys, he has the, uh, the one that's in the number one spot. And the second one is given to your boy. And dad's like, why they do that? I said, I mean, somebody's got to do it. And I, and I was trying to describe it. I said, the best way to describe it is like it really is. It is so, the, the, the houses and the yards are so long. And I remember that there was time to do that route last week. And I, I remember I just, I just wasn't feeling it. I was like, Lord. I mean, not even my kids could motivate me. I pull out the phone, look at the pictures of them. Like, I'm doing this for them. Do it so they can have more, have more games, have more food, have more applesauce. I, none, of, none of the needs that they have, it wasn't motivating me. I pull out the picture of Kels, look at her. I'm doing this so I can, you know, take care of her and make sure she's good. That wasn't motivating me. You know, so then I'm, I'm, I'm trying everything. I'm like, Lord, if I'm like, Lord, I just, I don't want to do this. As I'm wa walking and reading the meters, I'm, just, I'm, I'm dragging my feet. God, I look at my handheld and I still got 500 more to go. I was like, Jesus, Lord, I remember saying, Lord, you're going to have to help me. I said, Lord, I'm not going to quit. But Lord, I really want to. Lord, this is, the, I'm, and I'm in my flesh. Lord, I, I don't want to do this. It's not fair, Jesus. Lord, it's not fair. Why I got to do this, Lord? Don't they know? Don't they know me? Don't they know my health? Don't they know I'm fragile? Lord, why do I got to do this? And after enough of complaining, I took my earbuds out. I put one in. And I'm trying to listen to music and it ain't working. And this one Christian song comes on. And I was like, man, I can't fully hear it. So I popped the other one. I got both of them. And I'm surrounded by this Christian song. And it was a short one. But in that short few minutes, I had zoned out. And I got a whole street done. And when I looked up, I realized where I was at. I was like, okay, Lord, 
I said, I know what's going on here. I said, right now, surround me with your presence. I pulled out my phone, and I went to that one playlist, that, 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 that one glorifying, edifying playlist that points me nothing. It doesn't point me to anywhere but to what he's done for me in my life. I mean, every shout song you could think of, every song that talked about how good he is, how faithful he is. And it was only like eight songs, but I kept that on the loop. And that loop turned into from five minutes to 30 minutes, from 30 minutes to two hours. When, when I looked up, I had 200 meters done. And I was like, Lord, I, okay, so if I need to press through, I got to surround myself with you. If I need to press through mentally, I got to surround myself with you. If I need to press through physically, I got to surround myself with you. Faith comes by what? Hearing the word of God. If you are struggling with your faith, guess what? You need to start hearing the word of God. Put them earbuds in and start listening to the Bible. Put them earbuds in and start listening to the podcast. Put them earbuds in and start listening to some worship music. Well, Lindsay, worship music puts me to sleep. All right, there is, there's a million worship songs. Find one that keeps you awake and literally hit the loop button until you find yourself, until you find faith rising up. Until you find that, that, that your heart becoming like a fortified shield wall. Amen. What happens when you have joy? If you're satisfied in him, that you won't chase after something or someone inferior. If you have joy, you will not chase after someone or something that's inferior. You won't, you won't, listen, when the devil comes into your life, when the devil comes in like a flood, if you are pursuing Jesus, you'll see that little puddle. You'll see the puddle instead of the flood. You'll see the flood as a puddle. You'll see the flood as a puddle. You'll see the winds as just a little breeze. You'll see the storms as just a little breeze. You'll see the heartache. You'll see the loss as just a pause in your reality and how you'll be reunited with them on the other side. Come on, he's talking to you this morning, church. Unending joy is found in him. I keep saying that, but I keep feeling it. You got to start pursuing him. Lindsay, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what it's like. Yes, I don't physically know what it's like. But he does. Every loss that man has suffered, Jesus recognizes and, and he can empathize with, he can relate to. He's lost a physical father on this earth. He's had, the Bible, literally he had his own brothers that didn't fully, uh, fully acknowledge that he was the Christ until after he rose from the dead. He's had family turn on him. He's had people doubt him. He's been in his hometown and was rejected. The Bible says that he was born in extreme poverty, so he knows what it's like to be broke. He knows. Every facet that we've been through, he knows. Romans 12, 9 through 12. I'm just going to read verse 12. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Let this hope burst within you, releasing a continual joy. Releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. <coughs> this morning, I'm going to pray this prayer based off of Romans 15, 13, but this morning I want you to repeat it after me. All eyes closed and just focus in on Jesus. Say, Father God, please fill me with joy and peace 
because I trust in you. And if I start to feel overwhelmed, hopeless, confused, or fearful, remind me that you are near. Please make me aware of your presence. Fill me up, God, so that I might overflow with confident hope regardless of what comes my way. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Somebody give God a hand. Thank you for listening to the True North Church podcast. If you're not already following us on social, check out our website at truenorth731.com to find direct links to our pages. Also, if you would like to contribute to the work we are trying to do, you can click the safe and secure giving link and follow the prompts. Thank you for helping us build and strengthen our community. Until next time, have a great day.